Let me tell you about my sponsor, GummyCube. Uh, GummyCube have a number of different end-to-end uh, -end solutions for mobile marketing. One in particular is analytics software that helps you analyze keywords, competition, trends, and really helps with reporting as well. So if you are building apps and working within a, a company that uh, needs reporting for apps, uh, go to gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. Thanks to Gummycube for being so great. This episode is sponsored by Apptentive. Apptentive will improve your mobile app ratings and help you grow your user base. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, app app 10 t-e-n-t-i-v-e dot com apptentive.com forward slash app guy and thank you so much to apptentive for supporting this show this is sean casto the ceo of preapps.com and you're listening to the app guy podcast the app guy podcast straight from your host paul the app guy sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment and now paul the app guy Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is the show that goes around the world, and I'm really pleased that we can bring some of the best guests on the show that so it can help you, whether you are you know, working and you want to do side projects in the app world, or whether you want to start up your own app business, this is the podcast for you. There's a number of different ways you can start a business. Uh, you can build apps for others. You can launch apps. You, I mean, there's so many different things. So we like to try and, and tap into as many guests as we can to get their expertise. So today, uh, I am really, it's with great pleasure that I have Anthony Bladner, who is the founder of Jack Rabbit Mobile. Uh, he's here to talk to us about his journey with Jack Rabbit Mobile and uh, what we can learn. So Anthony, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, tell us about uh, Jack Rabbit Mobile. What what, did it, what is it you're doing there, and uh, how are you involved in apps? Sure. Uh, so Jack Rabbit, um, we are a mobile first uh, design and development firm, and we're based in downtown Austin. Um, so focusing specifically on custom native iOS and Android development. Um, what I'd like to say is we we've worked on a whole wide range of projects, everything from healthcare apps to dating apps and kind of everything in between. Uh, and in Austin, we work with a lot of enterprise clients and also get to work a lot in the startup community. Yeah, I, can, I think the startup community in Austin is is really growing quite rapidly. Is it good fun to work there? It is. Uh, I think Austin's got an incredible startup community. And um, that's that's one of the things I love the most is getting to work with um, all the different entrepreneurs in the community. And um, that's one thing that I think that I'm most proud of at Jackrabbit is our community involvement. Um, so we run a few different meetup groups in Austin and are just involved in the community in a lot of different ways. Uh, we run an Austin iOS developer meetup group. We run an Austin Android developer meetup group. Um, some other cool stuff is we mentor at the three-day startup program at University of Texas, and then um, we're also involved in a startup incubator accelerator in downtown Austin called Capital Factory. Um, awesome, awesome community. That is, yeah, actually, Anthony, let's touch on the community because many people listening to this may not be getting so tapped into the community. Maybe it's they're just starting out. How important is the, the community within the kind of app, native app building business and, and, and how different is it, do you think, from other industries? 
Yeah. Um, so I think, I think the mobile community is awesome. And, <laughs> and when I first got started, I think that's what really drew me out of, um, my background was working on like enterprise web development. And, um, that was all big and corporate and, um, it was, it was okay, but just getting involved in the like, startup community, um, getting to work with entrepreneurs and getting to work on mobile technology. Uh, mobile is just so new and up and coming and everyone in the community is so passionate about it and so involved um, and getting to work with you know, new tools and cutting edge technology. I think that's the fun part. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed being a part of the community and I think um, especially the mobile communities are some of the best communities out there. Yeah, if someone's listening to this and they haven't yet to tap into a community, what uh, could you suggest for them to, to get involved? And maybe it's not just the community where you are locally, but uh, you know, globally. Do you have any global resources for us? Sure. Um, so I'll actually give a few different resources. Is um, starting, starting locally, I'd say check out meetup.com. Um, there's a bunch of interest groups on there. Uh, you'll Depending, depending on where you're located, you'll probably be able to find some kind of developer community on there. And if you're lucky, uh, maybe something specific to mobile or whatever it is that you're diving into. Um, and then online, um, a couple of resources is Stack Overflow is always a great place to go to look up questions and um, get involved with the community there. Uh, AngelList is another good community. Um, and then I'd say just start digging around to like Facebook groups. Um, so we we host a couple Facebook groups um, for mobile UI UX and then um, a couple Austin developer groups for iOS development and for Android development. Um, and there's, there's just so much out there that I think getting involved in those communities gives you an outlet to like ask questions, whether it's about your code or what you're developing. Um, and then you can also see what other people are talking about and see what people are developing and kind of get a grasp of the trends that are going on. Yeah, yeah, Anthony, I was also thinking as well that uh, the way I got started is that uh, you realize that you can start to build apps yourself and, and then that puts you uh, in the top tier of uh, knowledge and it gives you work because then you build apps for others. How did you get started with uh, Jack Rabbit? You know, is, is that, did you start small or did you get a lot of uh, venture capital money and, and just go for it? Yeah, so we're actually totally bootstrapped, um, no VC money. Um, Got started, yep, on the low end. Um, me and my co-founders, um, first couple apps, or each, each of us have like an engineering or design background. So the first few apps that we developed, um, me and the co-founders built them together and then reinvest that money to grow our team and uh, add resources. Um, and it was our first couple projects um, just came from people we knew in the local community that uh, needed help on mobile, needed some mobile solutions created, and we knew we could fill that need. Um, so we got together and uh, built these projects. Um, it's actually funny. So in Austin, there's a big festival called South by Southwest, and one part of that festival is the interactive technology piece. I think that's actually grown to be the biggest piece. Um, and just walking around the trade show, uh, just talking to different startups and different companies at the trade show, we were able to get our first few clients there and uh, kind of just took off from there. That, see, you're almost bringing this around full circle because it's important to get involved in the community and, and that's how you get clients because yeah. uh, you, you're out there. Absolutely. Uh, uh, any, any tips on like working with uh, the, you know, your first initial clients for anyone who's wanting to do the same, for example, 
I mean, there's good clients, and I can imagine in my experience, there's not so good clients. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what uh, what what tips and advice do you have for you know getting good client work that you really want to work on? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I'd say be um, be careful with the initial conversations that you're having with people, and I think you, you gotta. What, what I've seen, and maybe this has come from experience, is it really comes out in the first few discussions of what people are asking for. And um, what I like to ask a lot is on the relationship of working with clients. Um, when we talk to them in the first few meetings, um, asking about what they are looking for out of the relationship, um, both from like the short term and the long term, and um, you know, kind of feeling out how they want to work together. And I think that's where you'll start to see red flags if there are any. Um, and just being, you know, just being aware of that. Um, I think the other side is also kind of educating the clients on what your process is going to be so that they know what to expect through the process too. Um, we find that a lot of our clients, you know, mobile still new on the whole that most people don't know how mobile works or the tools or processes that we'll be using. So I think the first half is just kind of educating them on what our process is, what they can expect throughout the process, um, like where those touch points are, where we'll show them what we're working on or what the progress or the status is. Uh, And I think just one half of it is just them being aware of, you know, what that process is so that they can rely on that. Um, And then just working together from there. Yeah, because I could imagine, Anthony, that uh, for example, like a lot of work that is going out is from these web agencies who are web only and don't mm-hmm. have any any kind of mobile presence. So they then uh, have the client relationships and, and and say they can take on the uh, uh, the work uh, for mobile uh, and then you know outsource those. Is that good work? Do you think uh, having an intermediary uh, between you and the client? Um, I've had both situations. Um, or we, we've worked in a lot of different scenarios. Sometimes we're partnering with another company or sometimes we're working directly with the client. Um, I've seen it work very well and I've also seen it sometimes where there's been problems and I think the important part is just having uh, open communication with everybody and transparency in the process. Um, where I've seen it be problematic is sometimes where the intermediate company tries to um, own too much of the process or uh, kind of they, they want to play the in-between person and they block communication. Um, my big thing is just having open communication so that, um, you know, all the way down to developers can ask questions to stakeholders on the other side and, you know, just making sure that the same message gets conveyed and you avoid playing like the telephone game. <clears throat> I think that that really helps everyone understand kind of, you know, what it is that they need to achieve, what it is they need to work on and, you know, hearing the words right from the client. Yeah, I can because I know uh, I've had this experience before where the initial chat with the client is with maybe uh, someone who can just say yes to everything, every feature they're asking for, and then right. uh, and then they go to the uh, the the company that is sort of secretly working in the background on on their behalf, and and everything gets lost in the process, and um, yeah, it can lead to a lot of uh, challenges. But I'm, yeah, I'm guessing that's it. that. That, that's another red flag to watch out for is when people start saying yes to too much stuff. <laughs> One of my favorite questions to ask is uh, what are the big risks and obstacles that they expect over the course of the project? Because uh, when a client comes to you, you know they've been preparing for this and thinking about this idea for quite a while. Um, I want to hear what they think is going to be the biggest hurdles before we even dive in. 
Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, this is great. This is handy because it's one way, uh, I mean, uh, making money off the App Store is kind of challenging and we've had guests that have done really well and, and I'm sure there's a lot of indie app developers out there who struggle. So yeah. m- sort of working, um, building apps for others seems to be, you know, a logical step, um, but that can also lead to a lot of nightmares. Uh, what, what about the, uh, t- you know, like um, just the, other red flags such as potentially not getting approved by Apple, for example, and, and having uh, work that then uh, sits and, and, and whose responsibility is it to get it through the Apple review process? Yeah, that's a good question too. Um, I think it starts with being familiar with Apple's guidelines. Um, they put out a couple pieces of literature on you know, the rules for submitting the App Store and then being aware of like the human interface guidelines. Um, when it gets to app store submission, we again on like the transparency and open communication thing is if an app gets rejected, we share that information with the client as well. And I see it as more of like a partnership of like how can we solve this together or you know how you know there's you know we need to come up to a solution for this question that Apple's asking or why it got rejected. You know, let's work on this together. Um, in a lot of cases, I've, I've seen apps rejected for a whole variety of reasons. Um, a lot of cases we've either dealt with a similar scenario before or we'll look into how other apps might be solving a similar problem um, or just, you know, get involved in the community and, you know, asking other people what suggestions they might have too. So let me thank who I think is the planet's best app store optimization company, and that is GummyCube. Now, GummyCube are a San Francisco-based company, but they can deal with you wherever you are. They are an app store optimization technology company. Now, they leverage big data from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, and they use this to feed their algorithms, which helps you to be more effective with search on the App Store. Now, one of the biggest discoveries they've made over the last few years is that web search and mobile search are completely different. So they collect big data, it's called DataCube, and this is from the app stores, not the web search. Uh, So this means that you can be much, much more effective with optimizing your apps uh, for the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So I highly recommend going and checking them out. It's www.gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. And just thank you, Gummycube, for being such a great supporter of this show. This show is supported by Apptentive. Uh, They are sponsoring, and it's a great sponsor because they have the ability to message your users. So if you've listened to past episodes of the show, you'll know how important it is to have a following, to be able to cross-promote your apps, to be able to communicate with your users. And Apple and Google do not make this that easy, but Apptentive do because they give you the power to have two-way conversations with your users. Hear what they have to say, gather feedback, solve any problems in the apps, and develop meaningful relationships with these customers. Stop looking at your screen and just treating them as numbers on a screen. They are customers, they are using your app, and you need to have conversations with them. It is incredibly important. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That is apptentive, A-P-P-T-E-N-T-I-V-E, apptentive.com. And if you hit forward slash app guy, you'll get a the ability to sign up for a free mobile app consultation. And thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting this show. So, Anthony, there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye to you. One is that uh, we're always on the hunt for potentially you know, new ideas for apps. And you mentioned at the start that you've just been involved in so many different things, healthcare apps, all sorts of uh, other related apps. I'm wondering, what are you seeing 
as a as a trend out there, perhaps uh, something that uh, could give uh, anyone listening to this an idea to to target a particular niche. Are you seeing any any trends? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so the trend that I'm most excited for right now is the uh, Internet of Things, IoT, and wearable trend, uh, and connected devices and all that. Um, we've done we've done a handful of projects working with hardware and um, some of the new stuff that some of these manufacturers are putting out and that you can connect to with your iPhone and have nice developer kits for now. I think there's a lot of really exciting stuff going on. I think we're still in the very early stages with everyone's trying a lot of different things. We don't really know what the standards are going to turn out to be yet or what's going to be you know, the most popular stuff. You know, we've seen Nest take off and stuff like that, but um, I'm really excited to keep my eyes on the IoT and connected devices area. Yeah, because uh, I can imagine there's a lot of disruption there for uh, potential uh, ways into the industry. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, plus, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Much better than working on maybe just a, a website. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, the other thing is, this is a show about apps, Anthony. So I'd love to know, like, what uh, one or two apps that you could recommend to us. Uh, maybe apps that you use that you feel that we haven't come across before. Yeah. Um, so I was actually thinking about this before the call, and. Um, the suggestion I do want to give is to go back and use the most popular apps out there. Uh, since we do so much design and development, um, we've, we run into all these different business cases and all these different scenarios that we try to solve all these different problems where a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the most popular apps have already solved a lot of these problems from both like the user experience, the UX side of like interfaces to, you know, maybe how, how stuff needs to operate and function. Um, so a lot of times when we're doing research and researching uh, how to solve a certain UX problem or functionality problem, we'll look at just the, the most popular apps that are out there, um, such as like Facebook, uh, Slack, Twitter, and you know all those apps, people that are doing a good job at it. Um, behind the scenes, I know you know Facebook and all them pour so much money into UX research, and they've done they've actually done a pretty incredible job. And in a lot of it, I think most people don't even notice. But there's a lot of little intricacies or functionality, um, either in like Facebook Messenger or just the Facebook app that solves UX in a you know a very creative and and um, uh, usable way. And I'd say when you're looking at when there's different things that you're trying to figure out, go look at the most popular apps out there and see how they're doing it. I think there's some people that are doing a really good job. Um, you know, Slack's doing a great job, Facebook's doing a great job, all those guys. Yeah, and I was actually thinking of the uh, when Google Drive first uh, split out its uh, Google Sheets and Google Docs, and uh, it was like a real backlash and lots of one star uh, ratings for doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now, now it's actually quite good because um, it deep links into the other apps, and uh, it's it's it makes for a better experience, I think. And so they obviously were right to take that risk. Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's another trend that we're seeing a lot of is like the big platforms unbundling their functionality into different, uh, you know, specific apps. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is great. So, Anthony, I mean, anyone listening to this is, is getting inspired. I guess to finish <laughs> off, w would you recommend this as an industry mobile first to get into for anyone who's perhaps a little bit bored with what they're currently doing? Absolutely. I think this is the trend that um, just general uh, 
development and like technology is going as a whole and we're seeing a lot of trends as far as like mobile first and then mobile only where you'll see websites out there that you know will just automatically resize for mobile and the UX of websites are starting to adopt a lot more UX of mobile standards um, so I'd say no matter what you're getting into as far as like development or design you need to be aware of, de- of the mobile aspect and and that's a just a great place to start yeah, mobile first, and I love that mobile only as well. Mm-hmm. Try and get a try and get an Uber when you're walking around with your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, uh, Anthony. I'm going to leave all the uh, show links to things you've mentioned and to links to you on the show notes, so anyone listening can just um, not try and write this down while they're driving, but go to uh, <laughs> theappguy.co and, and search for episode three five six. Uh, with Anthony Blattner, and you'll see um, all the links. But for in the meantime, uh, how how best can people reach out and connect with you? Sure. Uh, so my email is just anthony at jackrabbitmobile.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, and it's Anthony Blattner on Twitter. Um, and yeah, either of those methods work well. I know I'm also on AngelList and all those other platforms. Great. Well, terrific. Hey, Anthony, it's been a, a real joy and pleasure Uh, having a chat with you. All the best with Jackrabbit Mobile. And I think for anyone listening, if they've been inspired to set up a mobile app agency, then let us know. It'd be great to to know that. Thanks a lot. Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by GummyCube. GummyCube are a big data company that are collecting data into DataCube, which is pulling data from the app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So go and use an app store optimization company that is getting its data from the app stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the app store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to GummyCube. They're just such a great supporter of this show. Also remember that this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They have the intelligent ratings reviews widget and you need to use this to get higher up the charts and get better reviews going onto your review page. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy, uh, all over case. And thank you, Apptentive, for continuing to support the show. I'm offering a curated list of the top things I learned from my podcast during the week. And you get a regular update via email. You need to go to theappguy.co and register. And then you'll get this uh, curated uh, directory of some really awesome content. So theappguy.co, register your email. Thank you very much for listening to this.